Leaders in Worship Podcast, episode number four. Welcome back to the Leaders in Worship Podcast, where our purpose is to equip, connect, and develop leaders in the area of worship ministry. I'm your host, Matt Perkins, and I am glad that you took the time to listen today, either by our website, leadersinworship.com, or by subscribing through iTunes or another podcasting platform. Um, I hope that you find this informative. Hey, we are new on iTunes, and uh, we have been seeing a lot of downloads, and we're excited about that. Would you just take a moment and write a review in iTunes. That will help us as uh, people are searching for us. We can get the word out. Uh, We want to be a resource that people can find information to help them no matter where you are at in your ministry journey. And if you are a new worship leader, new worship pastor, or if you've been doing this for years, uh, we're excited that you took the time. And uh, you can leave a voicemail if you have a question or a comment for an upcoming episode. You can leave a voicemail right on our website, and you can also call our Google Voice line at 407-308-LEAD. That's 407-308-5323. You can also email me at matt at leadersandworship.com. Well, today on our show, we have a special guest, uh, Pastor Jermaine Rodriguez. Jermaine is a good friend of mine and is a worship pastor in San Antonio, Texas at Westover Hills Assembly. And today we're talking about the leadership pipeline and how we can develop people in our ministry so that uh, we have a consistent flow of people that are being developed and being equipped for ministry. So uh, we're going to go right to the interview with Pastor Jermaine. Pastor Jermaine, thank you for being on our show today. Could you tell us a little bit about your your ministry there in San Antonio, how long you've been there, and uh, kind of what your role and your your team consists of. Well, hello, everybody. Um, I'm Jermaine Rodriguez, as Matt said. Uh, been serving in San Antonio at Westover Hills Assembly uh, for a total of 10 years now. Serving there with our lead pastor, Jim Ryan. It's been a great time here. When I arrived here in 2002, uh, we were probably running about seven, 700 in attendance on the weekend services, one service. And currently now we run five weekend services and we run 5,000 plus on the weekend. So it's uh, great to see God move in, in that capacity. Our ministry consists of uh, some some old school and new school things, and I'll, I'll define that for us here. Um, when I say old school, we still use a choir, and we love the choir. I feel that choirs develop a sense of community. Um, they also add some depth to the ministry, and uh, it just gets more people plugged in, uh, involved in the ministry. So we also have an orchestra, and we have uh, trumpet, strings, clarinets, flutes, and things like that. And what we do is we get really creative to try to make them sound cool in the stuff and the ministry and the music that we're playing nowadays. So Saturday night service is 6 p.m., Sunday, 8.30, 10, 11.45, and then we have a 2 o'clock Spanish uh, service, which has its own choir and its own orchestra. Uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, that Spanish service. Uh, we had talked previously about that just in uh, just in conversation when you guys were getting ready to launch that. 
you set that up with another completely different team or is it uh, mixed within your current team as well? When we started our uh, Spanish church, we didn't even have a Spanish church about a year and a half ago. It's only a year and not even a year and a half uh, old now. We decided to launch a Spanish congregation. And when we did, I opened up to my music ministry team, the English side, and those that spoke Spanish and some of the musicians said, those of you that those of you guys that want to serve there and, and want to make that your service, I'm opening it up to release them to be part of it because we're one team, not two teams, just one large team. And so in the beginning launches of it, we had to uh, substitute some musicians uh, in there. But then within a matter of weeks or a month, people were coming out of the woodwork for the Spanish service. And we were able to pull those guys back out and replace it with other people. So it opened up. We ended up drawing uh, another half a dozen to eight, ten musicians that just were sitting out there and waiting for an opportunity like this. So uh, in the beginning, we used some of our English side, and then we slowly pulled those guys back out and left those guys in there. So right now, we are currently running on the weekend close to 600 in attendance in that Spanish service every weekend at the 2 o'clock service. One of the things that you're doing, you're involved in not only what you have going on at the church, but you're also involved in an upcoming conference that is, it's a national conference happening in different regions, different locations, and that is the Unite Conference. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about how that started and what is your involvement with the Unite Conference? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Unite uh, Worship Conference is a spinoff of a conference called WFX. If you guys have never been to WFX, I really would encourage you to to, uh, attend that at least one time or check it out. Um, This year will be in Atlanta. That's the national one, the kickoff for Unite. So Unite and WFX have teamed up and we'll be kicking off in Atlanta. And then we'll have, like Matt said, we'll have these regional ones. We'll be in St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and in Boston, as well as Atlanta. I got a call maybe about a year ago from uh, WFX and their team, and they asked me if I would consider flying out. They're thinking about starting a worship conference, a worship element. WFX is mostly technology. But I'm excited because it's going to be very uh, experience-driven for the team members, your team members, to be involved in this. This will be a different kind of worship conference where we want to really cater to the needs of the church and the people. Um, and we know that there are going to be the spiritual side, the practical things, and then dysfunctionality, management, leadership, all cover all parts of this. And I, I really think uh, Unite has done a, well, a good job of having a well-rounded conference. I'm really excited to be part of it. I'll be teaching a couple classes this year. Uh, one of the classes I'll be teaching is called uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf. That class is uh, incorporating technology into worship, click tracks, stems, things like that, Ableton, how to get your lyrics to your lyrics and click tracks all lining up together so that there's nobody doing it real time and triggering it. That's a huge topic right now where when people don't understand something like this, they become critical of it. And I think it'd be great for people to sit in this class and really see how it can enhance your worship service, not dictate it. We'll be teaching another class called Building Teams. Uh, something I really like to do, and I think I specialize in mostly in that area, worship rehearsals, um, and then we'll be part of, of course, a worship team Q&A. Now, one of the things that we uh, we did in, in our show notes, we are going to have information and links where you can go and get information 
on how to register and what classes are being offered at the Unite Conference. You can find those show notes at leadersinworship.com slash 004. But uh, I would recommend you take a look at this Unite Conference. There's some great information. Now, you also have a project that you've been working on, a new CD project. Could you tell us a little bit about that and, um, and how that is coming? I'm really excited about this, uh, this new CD project called Supernatural Love. And uh, I've been working on it since the beginning of this year. The songs, I think, are going to be uh, great for the church to do. They're very simple, um, exciting, fun to play. Uh, we're going to be um, releasing it this fall, September, uh, while we're on the Unite Conference Tour. And it'll be available on iTunes and all that for you to purchase. We're going to make stems available, click tracks. We'll be making uh, loops, video lyrics, uh, charts, uh, lead sheets, along with uh, vocal breakouts for your team, a vocalist to practice with. Uh, we're going to make all this stuff available for every song on the record. So the resources will be available for you. What I'm most excited about is the song rocks out right now that I got a chance to uh, do with the Katinas. The Katinas did the background vocals on a song called All Over the World. And that's out now. You can hear it on my Facebook page at uh, Pastor Jermaine, Twitter, or on Reverb Nation. Uh, it's out there on my website, uh, PastorJermaine.com. It's all over the world. <laughs> Literally, it's getting out there. And we're just really excited about it. They did an amazing job. The Katinas were just a blessing. Uh, those guys are just blessing to work with. And so really excited about it. And I need you to help us support gospel music and, and praise and worship. Get your copy as soon as it gets out and, and help us uh, fund these things. Yeah, this uh, I'm excited about the release of this this single, but actually having heard uh, the songs that are on this project, this is going to be a great project. So I'm excited for you and excited about what this brings. Now, you had mentioned the resources that you are going to provide. You know, the Leaders in Worship podcast and on our website, the reason why we exist is to equip, connect, and develop leaders in the worship arts. And so having these resources and these products available in our church setting, uh, we use the click tracks, stems, these breakouts when when you have that. And we're going to be having a another show that we will talk specifically about these things, but it helps so much from a rehearsal time, teaching songs to your band, teaching songs to your vocalists. Man, it just goes so much faster. And so this single, All Over the World, you're making these available, so these will come out ahead of the CD as well, so when the single is released, is that correct? Yes, sir, it is. It, uh <clears throat> we're going to release it. We want people to uh, do it. Um, we're going to make everything available for the songs, even the lyric clicks, so that you can drop the videos pre-made already with the lyrics lined up to it. Just drop it in and go from lead sheets to the vocal breakouts, which is the soprano part for the sopranos, alto, and tenor. And you can just uh, load that up on your PCO, and they can go on there and download it and practice it. Cool. These... These are great resources, and so we encourage you to make sure that you are are getting a hold of these. We'll have information on our website and in the show notes, so make sure that you stay tuned for the release of that song all over the world. 
you know, in the in the fall, a lot of people are doing missions conferences, missions conventions, and this would be a great song to get out to your church. And with having these resources, you can do it more efficiently. You can learn them faster, and so it just makes it makes it great. Now, one of the things that when we talked about having this interview that I really wanted to discuss was organizational structure of the ministry, how everything is set up so that we can be building leaders and having a, a deeper bench so that uh, there's a lot of people that are always funneling through the system that are moving up, being developed, being uh, mentored. And so you had been looking through this book and you had recommended to me, this book, The Leadership Pipeline, the subtitle of this book says, How to Build the Leadership-Powered Company. Now, this is not what you normally expect to see or even hear on a worship podcast. What does you know building the leadership-powered company have to do with my worship ministry? Immediately, I went, I downloaded uh, the book, the ebook on iTunes, this is a, a great resource, and we'll have links for this. Tell us a little bit about what this book has kind of meant for you and what you gained in reading it and then how you've implemented it into your ministry. Well, I didn't think the book was going to uh, hit me as hard as it did. Things of this book had so many biblical principles that just jumped out at me that I say, wow, this is ministry in corporate world, uh, developing people. This book is literally about developing people. Yeah, exactly. Worship ministry and ministry, especially worship ministry, I think sometimes because we are all musicians, we will tend to focus on the music because that is our skill and that's what we're, we're hired to do. And I, I agree. I totally understand that. However, when we stand before God, he won't ask us about how cool a song we played or what chord did we play in that fourth bar. And he won't say, well, why didn't you do this song? It was my favorite. He's going to ask us, were you faithful with the people that I sent you? Yeah. Were, you were you committed to helping them grow? growing? At our church, we call that making new and making great. Well, was I part of seeing them come into their full potential? About two weeks later, I walked into a staff meeting and our pastor, Pastor uh, Jim Ryan, said, hey, guys, this is going to be a, a required read for all of our pastoral staff. So we got the book and we started reading it. Literally, our entire music ministry and church function off of this book. We actually call in our inside language pipeline. Where are they in the pipeline from between the numbers one through five? Five being, they could be, four and fives can be on our staff. One is a potential leader. Two, um, you know, just taking the place of understanding where they are growing. And the spiritual walk and the growth in your walk in the Lord is a continuum. It never stops. It should always be, it should always be growing. If we become all about music ministry, then we forget about those things. And we forget that we should be watching our team members see them grow and uh, those those elements are very important. Um, so I began to implement tons of the things from this book and put them in um, ministry terminology. They have a, a tiered type thing where it says the first level is manage self. Now, what we like to do is we like to put people in leadership we like. Uh, us as leaders, 
we tend to like to put people in, in key leadership positions that agree with us, that, that make us feel good, that we feel comfortable with. And that's great. However, he says in his book that they need to be able to manage themselves before they can manage others. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of times we put people in places where they can't even manage themselves. And what happens is, um, so on my, <clears throat> if I had a chart in front of me, you would see where it says congregation and music ministry visitor and music ministry participant. Those are like the pipeline right there, those three levels. Uh-huh. Those are all managing self. You need to be able to manage self. However, the next level, if you want to serve at a higher level and lead people, we, in his book, he calls it managing others. You can't manage others if you can't manage yourself. That's correct. It ends up being a major mess. If, if you put people trying to manage, then they're going to manage out of issues that they have in their own life or uh, deficiencies. And then you create this completely dysfunctional environment in ministry. Absolutely. That's why managing self, for example, well, what does that mean? Well, do they attend the church? Are they in rehearsal on time? Can, do they, are, are they uh, faithful? Are they committed? Uh, how is their family life? Are you checking on these things? Managing self. Um, are they, every time you see them, are they broken and you have to put them together? They may not be ready to go to that next level. They might need to be in a potential leader, then managing self, and then managing others. Now, for managing others, what does that look like? Well, you need to do everything that the potential leader does, the managing self piece does, and then, in addition to that, you should be able to manage others. Meaning, you need to have, you need to be managing yourself. You should be tithing. You should be faithful. You should be committed. You should be supporting the vision of the church. You should be a member. Blah blah blah. At this level here, we're asking a little more out of the individual. So we go to the next level, which would I we call it. I changed it here in his book. He calls it a functional manager. We call it a manager of managers. That means they manage people who manage people. And then our next level would be functional managers. Now, this, this, uh, this is not a hierarchy at all. As we have boxes of in each level of leadership, we are looking for to check off some things, some things that we see them growing in. And that's how, that's the best tool we've got so far to measure someone's growth in their walk with the Lord, in their leadership, in every in every aspect of their life. We actually use this in the church as well. This is great because a level three person that's a level three leader in our church is a level three across the board. That means he could leave the music ministry, go into the youth ministry, and function at a level three position over there because he's met all the qualifications we have set before him to be a level three. However, he may need to learn some different skill sets to function there. Right. If you can take that across the church and implement that in in a whole church, man, that helps so much because if you're functioning in kind of a silo mentality where each ministry does kind of its own thing and has its own culture, that can be a, a huge challenge. So the fact that you guys are implementing this across the board in your church. That is great. Now, I have a copy of this that you had sent me before, and we're going to make this available where you can download this and and we can get this into your hands. Pastor Jermaine has been kind enough to 
to make this available. And you can kind of see, if you, if you check out this book, then you can kind of look at how each of these lines intersect from the managing self to managing others, the manager of managers, and then the functional manager. And I think it will make complete sense when you start start looking at this. Now, how has this, have you seen that come into play where people have come from other ministries into the worship ministry? Say they've been at a, at a level two or a level three where they come in and have been able to instantly flourish through that? Yes, it has uh, completely changed the way our church functions, even behind the scenes. Um, it uh, has allowed us to bring some continuity to all of our leaders. So across the board, we could pick from almost anywhere to have a person serving in any capacity. They made this book because they said that they were tired of companies going out and hired head, uh, hiring headhunters to find people to hire super talent to bring them in. Here's the thing. Pipeline leadership is designed for you to develop your own people in your own ministry that you can hire on staff. And every person that I have on my staff has been brought up from the inside. That's great. You know, and the other thing is how long does it take when somebody comes in from the outside to start and assimilate into the DNA and the culture of that church to really get it on what what the church needs. I think that's one of the things that we see is a huge issue when worship pastors, if they're going from one church where they have been for two years, three years, now they go to another church and they're instantly going in with a a mindset of their previous position. So now they're trying to assimilate into that or they're trying to change the culture of that church which really can end up with some major dysfunction if that doesn't work then they go to the next church and just the fact of having here is the way we function here's the way we operate and when you can bring people up from within it man it makes things so much better. Yes. You know what it is? You know what it does, uh, Matt? It, it, it's better to hire someone that has, that understands the culture of your ministry and the church already has the heart and the passion and of the pastors and, and the mission, uh, whatever the church is, they already understand it. Nine times out of 10, when somebody's brought in from the outside, they're spending the first year learning culture. Right. So no progress is being made because they're learning culture. Now, when you bring in people up from the inside, from your own ministry, you're developing them. You've got them growing on a continuum. You're, you're, you're measuring their growth. Now, I understand there's no way to measure anyone's spirituality. We, you know, we, we see what we see, and that's what people show us, and I understand that. But this is the best tool we have so far. And if somebody comes up with something better, uh, by all means, we'll, we're more than... Uh, willing to try it out and use it. But our goal is not to see people come in and stay where they're at in their life, where they're at, with right. habits or, or, or mentalities. If, people come, if somebody comes in your team and has a victim mentality, you don't want to leave them that way. You want to help them grow through that. Right. Get them to understand. So 
Those same people can be your staff, you, some of your staff people. You look at them as God sees us with potential. Yeah. The, the thing that, that I'm, I'm actually looking at one of your uh, pipelines for, actually this is for your choir ministry, and because we're going to have these available, I just want to talk about a couple things that, that might be unique to your, your culture there. Um, so they start, they're in the, the congregation, they start attending the rehearsals, then they're, um, then they, they fit into the, uh, music ministry. They're going to check this thing out. They're going to visit and, and see what that, that all is about. Um, you have the orientation. They're going to participate in the service, completes a six month wait and then attends risk awareness. What are these these areas um, and how they relate to your church? Well, <clears throat> as you know, when you create these things, they, they begin to change. You start to rethink things. Um, one of the reasons why we had a six-month wait, and it's probably more information than people want, but it was for our insurance purposes uh, with our it's getting people six months wait. We don't do that anymore. Okay. We actually... Uh, we, we rethought that and we rethink it all across the board, not just the music ministry. So people come at the congregation level and we want to inspire and motivate them. They begin attending rehearsals. That's what we call in our inside language. They're flirting with us. They're okay. flirting with our ministry. Um, and then music ministry visitor, they're thinking about dating us. And then and that's what we call music ministry visitor. Um, now that's where they attend risk awareness. That's a class where, Everybody in our church that's involved in ministry goes to about, um, you know, how to interact with kids, how what behaviors, things like that, you know, uh, just kind of ministry ethics. Oh, okay. 101. Everybody goes through, even if they serve in children's or youth or any ushers, everybody. Uh, we don't have the six month wait anymore. Um, they can sing in a service in the choir, attends music ministry orientation. They uh, attend our orientation and we get them going. Now, the next level would be a music ministry participant. This is, they're dating now. We're kind of steady. We're, um, we're, uh, we're in a relationship now. And uh, the, what we're looking for, they exhibit commitment and has captured the heart of the ministry. And those are our core values, uh, understanding our core values. <clears throat> the next level will be, now they're a choir member. They sing multiple services. <clears throat> they, uh, they have the heart of the ministry. They exhibit commitment. They've attended risk awareness. They've uh, sing in services. They attend music. They've already attended music ministry. Now they're coming up. It's you keep adding to them. Now the next level, if they want to go to the next level, here are some things that we'd like to see them do. We want them to be a tither, not because we want their money or need it. It's because we understand the scriptures and what it says about walking in God's blessing. Right. It's obedience. Yep. So. To go to this next level, they need to be a tither. It is available to sing when scheduled and demonstrates a certain level of musical competency. And they can, at that point, serve on our what we call our back line. That's on a microphone towards the back. Um, you know, that's a step up from the choir. The next level up would be our front line singers. Um, now you still have to be a tither. Now it's all those things in addition to exhibits exhibits a team player mentality, can flip parts, that's the musical parts, when asked, has the ability to lead worship. Our frontline people, we like them to be able to be a worship leader. 
So that's what you could be in the front line. Now, there's section leaders, encourage, uh, instructs others with tact and encouragement, can manage others, exhibits the ability to run a rehearsal. Uh, and then if they want to go to the next level, which is being an assistant choir director, they need to be able to play piano, basic piano, and can read music. Now, let's just say you want to join the choir and that's it. Then you're fine. You stay there and you're happy. Um, if you want to go on to back line, uh, then we we expect those adjustments to be made and, and things like that. Now, if you want to be a choir director, we have four choir directors. And we rotate them. They take turns leading the choir. Um now, how does music. how does that rotation how does that rotation work? So, is that on a um, um, for the re, the rehearsals, or is it by uh, a service, or how do you how do you do that with the choir directors? It's actually one of the best things we've ever done. The choir directors are their own team. They are the directors. They meet. They talk. They put a plan, a strategic plan together. I give them free room. To, to discuss and how they're going to get these guys through their, uh, get them to learn the music. And um, they rotate on rehearsals. So um, they also cover each other. When one person can't be there, the other person's there. When one person can't be there, they cover each other. Um, and so we're always four deep. Remember, we're developing people. You can't say we want uh, to the teams out there, the worship pastors. If you don't hear anything, hear this. Never have, you know, Matt used a great word. He says you need to uh, have a deep bench. Um, so to have one choir director and everything revolve around one big personality, you're creating the old school mentality of worship ministry. We have one big personality worship pastor and no one else can really do anything else. Well, you're recreating that at a lower tier, at a lower level. So my suggestion is have four choir directors and make them the people responsible to make sure the choir know that their stuff and they built their team and they're responsible for it and they rotate running rehearsals and it works. That's awesome. You know, and that, that is when you have longevity in ministry and, and you kind of break that cycle of moving on to the next place. And, um, someone might say, well, I have, I have, you know, 10 years experience as a worship pastor but in reality, if there's no development in the people and in the church, and, and sometimes those things only come with longevity in ministry, being able to ride through the cycles of ups and downs, uh, a lot of times you have people that they, they don't have 10 years of ministry. They have two years of ministry that they've repeated five times. And, yeah. and you know, doing something where you can... Develop a system where people are built up and the church is going to be healthier. Uh, you're going to see people are, people stay longer in the ministry. And, and especially if you've implemented that, you know, church-wide, man, it's, it's, a, um, it's a great thing. Well, uh, Pastor Jermaine, I just want to say thanks for taking time out of, out of your day. You're getting ready to... Uh, uh, heading with a group to Puerto Rico and uh, doing some ministry there. And so I just want to say thanks for, for sharing your time. You have, um, there's information we're going to make available on theleadersinworship.com. 
you can go to leadersinworship.com slash 004 and you'll find the show notes of today's episode and it will have all of the contact information, how you can get in touch with Pastor Jermaine and we will also have information about the Unite Conference, WFX and his new project that's coming out and how you can get that along with the resources And then we are also going to make available this pipeline that we've been talking about for the last several minutes uh, of what they use in their their church at Westover in San Antonio. So, Pastor Jermaine, thank you so much for what you're doing, and we're excited and just looking forward to great things out of this new CD and what God has for you. Well, thank you again for tuning in to the Leaders in Worship podcast. And uh, we want to say thank you to Pastor Jermaine for hanging out with us today and just talking about this book, The Leadership Pipeline, and how it has impacted their ministry. And I believe it can impact your ministry. There's an affiliate link on our website, and you can also find it in our show notes And if you want to purchase that through our Amazon.com affiliate link, uh, that will help us also as we are uh, supporting this show and as we're getting the word out about the Leaders in Worship podcast. Uh, We also have other information about what he had talked about with his CD and some of the upcoming uh, releases of that single. So you can go to leadersinworship.com slash 004 and find our show notes. And as always, thank you again, and uh, we are just excited about what God is doing in your ministry, and we want to help equip and develop and connect you with others in the area of worship arts. God bless you, and have a great day.